in order to have a healthy pipeline, a healthy supply line of business and opportunities, you have to constantly be nurturing the people you know, but you also have to be growing that list of people that don't know you yet. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, General Manager of the U.S. Market for Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents leverage the power of verified reviews. You can find out more at ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 340 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. Today, I'm getting as local as you can get, roughly across the bay from me uh, in the Tampa area. We're going to be chatting with Kendall Bonner. Kendall is the owner of Remax Capital Realty. We're going to be chatting with her about that. We're going to be talking about growing up in California. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of different things here in our first episode of 2023. So let's get this thing going. Kendall, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bill. I'm so excited to be here. Um, thank you for having me. You know, I've had a chance to meet you. I think it might have been an Nimmin event in Vegas or something where we had a nice dinner with a, with some of your friends from around the country with Remax. And it was just a... Uh, it's just, and, and having you so close, I mean, you're literally like 30 miles from, I'm in downtown St. Pete. You're kind of in North Tampa, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this took way too long. I'm sorry. Look, I like starting this podcast with the beginning and for, for you, and I know the beginning is in California and I grew up in California as well. I was a San, I'm a San Diego guy. And I, when I saw in you know, some research that you grew up in the Inland Empire, it, it really brought me back. And like, I know, you know what it means. There's a difference between Claremont and Montclair, correct? Yes, there is. <laughs> so let's talk about let's talk about um, that the Inland Empire in general, and it, it's not L.A. proper, but it's close, and you can get there in 35 or an hour and a half, depending on traffic. But let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I was born in Inglewood, California. But my mom moved us out to what we would call the suburbs, probably when I was four or five years old. And so I grew up, you know, lived in Ontario for a brief moment. Um, yeah. And really, I grew up in San Dimas in particular and had a really fabulous childhood. My mom was an entrepreneur. She was a doctor and she had her own medical practice. And so she had her own office and everything. And her office was a short distance from the house as well as from my bus stops. So I used to go to her office before and after school, mostly after school and work as a file clerk at 13 years old and, you know, stuff like that in the back. And I grew up down the street from Raging Waters. <laughs> Some people know that place from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and went to a public high school and that was South Hills High School. And uh, then eventually moved on to go to college at UC Santa Barbara, UC Riverside, did two years each before getting my bachelor's degree. I was double major English and women's studies and uh, then went to law school. UC Santa Barbara and UC Riverside, both part of that wonderful UC system. I have some UCSD in my background. Um, there's a big difference between those campuses. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Santa Barbara, I started there because my mom actually went to UC Santa Barbara and yeah. she had me do this program while I was in high school where I went to college but during high school and got college credits. And it was at UCSB. 
And so I just, you know, while I applied to other schools, that was always my dream to go to UC Santa Barbara. I was there for a couple of years and just got really homesick. It was about a couple of hours from home. And I, you know, had a boyfriend too. I think that probably influenced things, even though we broke up right after I moved back home. I just wanted, I wanted to be back home. I think, you know, I grew up with younger brothers, a lot of family, and um, I think I wanted to be close again. And so I ended up at Riverside and commuted for the last two years. So right, very different experiences, very different colleges. The other reason I transferred, remembering, I was wanted to be an English major. And UC Santa Barbara required a quarter of Shakespeare, a quarter of Chaucer, and a quarter of Milton. And I didn't want to do that. And Riverside offered time periods. <laughs> so I could study, you know, from the, all the authors in the 1800s, all the authors in the 1900s, and so on and so forth. So that was just more of um, some educational preference as well, like for my major. So it worked out for me. <laughs> I'll remember that. Don't bring up Chaucer uh, when I'm talking to Okay, good. So look, so what what drove you down the path to become an attorney, right? That's a that's a big challenge. That's a big change, for, especially from what your mom was doing. Yeah. Well, again, I have to give credit to my mom. She said to me growing up, JD, MD, PhD, pick one. Um, and going to college was like going to high school, not really an option. It was just, of course you were going. In fact, it was in her trust that my brothers and I had to graduate from college with a bachelor's degree in order to inherit anything. So, um, she was, she was a very smart and wise woman, but with me in particular, it was, I was the oldest and the only girl she all the tough love came right onto me and it was, you know, get an advanced degree. This is what you need in life. And so I graduated from law school at 24 years old. I was a baby. I went straight through and um, I never will regret my education. It's where I met my husband. And so um, lots of good things have come into my life because of that education. So yeah. I'm grateful for my Juris Doctorate degree. So with that, JD, it was, was real estate a part of it? Were you thinking in, in those terms already? What was your specialty? No. So um, becoming going to law school is very um, general. Like you just okay. learn how to be a lawyer. You learn all the different practices of law. Okay. Um, you learn how civil litigation, criminal criminal um, law. Funny thing, my two least favorite classes first year of law school were property and contracts. So I hated those two classes in law school. Very different than how you, as someone who's not been to law school, would exper- experience those classes or yeah. even think how they would be taught. I mean, it's just completely different than what you can imagine. And it was just really sucked and I didn't love it. (laughs) So I'm always shocked how I ended up in real estate, but it had nothing to do with any vision I had from my life at that time in my life. It had nothing to do with my education. It was a little more random than that, how I got into real estate. (laughs) Well, let's, let's talk about it. That's always one of my favorite parts of the podcast is for a lot of people, it's not the first thing they did in their lives. It's second or third, right? You know that. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that path. Yeah. And I'm not even sure. I guess it's technically my second career, but even in just going back to my legal career, because I've been mm-hmm. a lawyer, 2023 will make 20 years that I've wow. had my, um, my law license and been able to practice law in the state of Florida. So been around for a little while. So I started in criminal law. Then I moved into workers' comp insurance defense, traveled all over the state of Florida, did that for a couple of years. And then I went to, my husband started his own law firm. And so then I went and joined him and we did bankruptcy law 
back in, I think I joined him in 2009. And then I got my real estate license in, no, I joined him in 2007 and got my real estate license 2011. And really, um, I got my license out of boredom because I never wanted to be a lawyer. That was kind of, I did it because my mom asked me to and told me that was the right thing to do. And I did everything my mother told me to do, (laughs) Um, to be honest. And um, I decided that I wanted to do something fun and interesting. And I thought at that time I liked looking at houses was my initial thought. And it's funny because I say my journey into real estate was very naive, which I think most people, you know, mm-hmm. we we don't know what we don't know. And right. I thought I could do it part time. I thought, you know, oh, I'm a lawyer. People will hire me. I'll do million dollar transactions. I mean, I was so foolish <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. You know, you have all these misconceptions. And so um, I ended up getting my license in 2011. And what had happened at that same time in 2009, when I originally started that process, my mom had gotten, my mom got sick and she had dementia and she came to live with me in 2009. So I like paused all my real estate uh, movements and, and application and everything. And so I finally got it done in 2011, having taken care of my mom for a little while and realizing like life is short. And you, no one has promised tomorrow. And my mom got sick so early in her life that there were a lot of things that I was thinking like, oh, I'll wait till I'm 50 to do this. I'll wait till I'm 60 to do that. I'll wait till some trigger to do something in life. And I realized through watching what my mom experienced that why wait? If there's something you want in your life, if there's something you feel that you're being called to, do it. <laughs> Get it done. Yeah. Start, just start, do it, get it done. And so I got my real estate license and I hired on with a broker that I kept their letter, their marketing letter for like two years. Um, I kept it and because I knew that was the office I wanted to go work at because of location, et cetera. I went in, interviewed and told them I was going to be a listing agent. And they looked at me like, sure you will. That's what everybody says. I was a listing agent. And, you know, I, at that point I was even more mature about it. And I got my license, I activated it. And within 30 days, I went to every training that my broker offered at that time. And I realized this is not a part-time job. This is a full-time career. And that if I want to be at it and make a living, I had to commit. And so I went back to my husband and I said, hey, so um, I'm going to stop taking bankruptcy clients and I'm going to go be a full-time real estate agent. And I think it took my my husband about seven years to forgive me for that decision because <laughs> he felt abandoned. Um, we joke about it, but I really think that's true. And, you know, I fell in love. And within third, 90 days of joining that brokerage, I had listings, I had closings. I, I mean, I was wow. listings. And so I didn't even, I think my first year and a half, I didn't even know how to work with a buyer. Like I just, I was a listing agent and that's how I started. Yeah. And that's where I fell in love. If you think about your background as an attorney, I mean, there's, you do have help, you have paralegals and you have staff, but there's all these things that have to happen in a certain time in a certain way. And you're so dialed in, right? Like that, yeah. if there's a court appointment, you're not missing it. I, I'm going to guess that that was driven into you. And it really, you brought that to real estate. And that is a rare commodity, in my opinion, for somebody just starting in the business. Yeah, there were a lot of transferable skills. 
That's yeah. what I realized. Like yeah. my having had my own law firm with my husband, because of course me being who I was insisted he make me a partner. Right. <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, what I learned in that experience was owning a business and then doing the work in the business, like, so working on the business versus in the business, I learned that as a lawyer, right? You know, cause I worked for other law firms and other um, owners of the law firms, but then having owned my own and understanding, okay, the, the back office piece, all the marketing, all the, all those things that like, when I worked for someone else, I didn't have to think about, I was just practicing law. I learned when working with my husband. So then when I translate into real estate, I understood scripting, like having the set words that you say to a customer. I, I also understood you eat what you kill. If you don't kill, you don't eat. Meaning, you know, we, every customer that came through our doors, every client or potential client, you know, was someone that could choose to work with me or choose not to work with me. There was a ton of competition. And what was I going to do to get them to click and stay with me and, um, hire us, right? And and that my, that meant my scripts had to be dialed in, my value proposition had to be dialed in, you know. And so a lot, and it was also too getting people to come in and meet with me, and within a span of an hour, decide that they know me, they like me, and they trust me, and they're going to hire me and give me their money, right? So that all related extremely well to doing a listing, going in, yeah. doing a listing appointment, getting people to feel like, you know, they can trust you, that they like you and they feel like you can do a great service for them and provide a great experience. And so all of that just translated super nicely for me into um, real estate sales. Yeah. I would guess that pretty early in your real estate career, you were probably thinking, yeah, I'm going to have my own brokerage. I'm going to own my own company. Were you thinking that way? No, actually, no. Everyone would tell me, oh, you should be a broker. You should get your broker's license. And I was like, no, not interested. Um, I had no interest in doing that at all back then, like not even a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So funny story, how I actually became an owner was Remax reached out to me um, to offer me a franchise. And of course, the first time they called and I got the message from my assistant, I was like, that's a prank call. I didn't return it. I just ignored it. And they, of course, they're good salespeople. So they call back and I finally give them an appointment and sit down and meet with them. And what I, the reason I ended up starting the brokerage was not really about me at that moment. It was about my husband. We had had our own law firm for 10 years. I knew he was getting burned out, but he could never go back to corporate America. You know, when you work for yourself for too long, you just are not a good employee at all. Mm. And he was never going to be a good employee. Um, And so I said, well, I guess I could start a brokerage and you can help me lead it. Like, because he knew how to do the books and operations and he was very process oriented. And, you know, I just saw an opportunity for him most of all. And then I also saw an opportunity eventually for myself, like, hey, maybe... Maybe I could be a leader. You know, I think like there was a spark of an idea there that made me think, hey, that's a skill set that I could grow and I could learn and, you know, improve into the industry, right? Like here's a place where I can leave a mark. Yeah. What what year are we here when you join Remax and, and open open up the office? That's 2014. Okay. So you you I mean, that's yeah. still you think about it, to have Remax come to you and at the time you're a successful agent. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Wow. That's correct. I had been an agent for three years. Wow. 
That's very impressive. Um, and you're, I, I mentioned before, you're up in the uh, North Tampa area. It's actually, um, you're in the, pa- you're in Pasco County, correct? For the most part, your office is there or you have an office in Pasco? Yeah. So my main um, branch office is in Lutz and in, in Pasco. And then I have a team office in South Tampa. For, for, the, for the people in Florida that are listening, you got to share what's happening in Pasco County a little bit. It's like, ex- I've only been here five years in Florida. And it is mind-boggling what's happening up on the 54 and the 56 and all that stuff. Yes, that's right in my backyard. Lived in this area since, um, I think we moved to Land O'Lakes. The first house we bought was in 2004, so almost 20 years in the area. And it has changed so much. I mean, we have one of the um, largest intersections in the country, (laughs) where where a mall is. Um, We also have a divergent diamond. Basically what that is, is the lanes on the road cross each other. It's like crossing the streams, right? From Ghostbuster days. So you can get on and off the freeway a little easier because we had so much traffic getting on and off the highway. I call it a freeway from California. I think in Florida, it's called a highway. So for those of you interpreting, I'm talking about the same thing. I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) We have more malls. We have a an outlet mall now. We have more restaurants, both franchised and mom and pop, which is great because I love like the the local mom and pop places to eat and explore. So, I mean, it's really booming up there. I'm noticing it even in the the vehicles that you see driven in that area. Like there's more Teslas and, you know, Mercedes. We have now have a BMW dealership there. I mean, it's just, it's massive. It's massive growth. Yeah, for those for those who don't know Florida that well, it's just it's Hillsborough County is where Tampa is, and Pinellas County is where St. Petersburg is, and just north, at kind of crossing both of them is Pasco County. And it was this for me, you know, we had an operation up there when I was with Chicago or Fidelity National Title here, and you know, I had to go up to Wesley Chapel, and it was always an interesting little drive. But as you mentioned today, it's it's a it's there's more homes going up there than anywhere probably in the state. I, I can't imagine a busier place to to and especially to have an office there. It's got to be uh, kind of a blessing, I would think. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, it's even across the street from where our office is located, which is on State Road 54. Like it's just new construction, new construction, new construction, all commercial, as well as new construction, real estate right behind yeah. it. And yeah. so, yes, I mean, Wesley Chapel, Lutz, Lando Lakes, Odessa, Trinity, all along that 54 corridor um, into Zephyr Hills. I mean, it's been massive growth and they just keep like cutting through trees and creating more roads. And like yeah. now it's extended through into the Nonasasa and up that way. And I always call 54... Um, the Del Mabry of Pasco County. So if you're from Hillsborough County, you know, Del Mabry is like a main road. It's a street. Um, it's not a highway. It's a street, but it's like tons of businesses and homes spike off of this main road. And um, and it goes all the way through from the, the southern tip to the northern tip of, of Hillsborough yeah. County, pretty much. Yeah. All right. So that's the end of our local segment for the uh, for the Florida people. <laughs> I want to go back to this. I, I met you at, a, at an event. Uh, I know you're, you you speak at Inman events. You're a moderator of panels. You do all kinds of really cool stuff. You're also connected, I think, with Riz Media. I say Riz Media, RIS Media, however they, people want to say that. Talk about, first of all, you know how that came about. And I, I would imagine that for you to do that, there's 
there's a value for you, right? And otherwise, I don't think you would. So let's just talk about the those opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I have to first give credit to Remax for that. Mm-hmm. Um, those relationships, those introductions, those the doors opening. And when I say that, I mean in the sense that I learned content creation. I learned giving back to the realtor community from Remax. They mm-hmm. offered me opportunities like, here, let's put you on a panel, Kendall. We'd love to hear, have you share your story and what, um, you know, why you're with Remax and or, or why you do what you do or what are some of the best practices? What have you learned? And so I definitely have to give credit to Remax. I say all the time they changed my life by just giving me opportunities, you know, even just with starting a franchise and and so on and so forth. So very, very grateful for that. I can't remember after Remax event, outside of Remax events, which event was the first. I It's probably Inman um, mm-hmm. where I was on a live stage. Um, now that I think about it, it was, it was Inman Connect, New York. Was that 2019? I think it was or 2020. And I did Tech Connect. And I'm a, I always tell people I'm a techie. I love technology. And so I was getting up on stage to share some of my best practices, the trends, like what I saw coming. And I was on a, on a panel with one other person. I was so nervous, but it was so awesome. And then from there, after the pandemic, we went virtual. And um, so then I got invited to do some more Inman events as a panelist, um, as speaker virtually. And then after a little while, they asked me, it's like, Hey, you're dropping some good nuggets here. Would you be interested in moderating? Like we need help. We're doing more events. And I said, yeah, I didn't know what I was saying yes to. I was scared out of my mind. I tell people all the time, everyone thinks like, this is such an easy thing for me to do. And I'm like, it's actually the hardest thing for me to do, but that's why I do it is because it's difficult and it forces me to grow and to improve and get better every time. That's how I started on video. I hated doing video, but it was through repetition and discipline and consistency that number one, it got easier. And number two, it became less traumatizing (laughs) over time. I still, you know, get butterflies going on stage and just doing different things, but it forces me to grow. So that's one of the reasons why I do it is because there's so much growth potential there. The other reason I I do it um, is because of the networking. I have met so many amazing people and been introduced to so many amazing companies as a result of these appearances on these different stages and on these different platforms. Um, And that part right there is just so tremendously valuable and amazing. Like, for example, getting to meet you and learning more about your product. You know, it's like the, I wouldn't know half of the things that I know today and wouldn't have half of the relationships that I have today, but for going to those events and networking and listening and learning and probing and asking questions. And it's just been such a tremendous benefit to me personally, as well as to me professionally. So um, I'm very grateful for these opportunities and all the various events. And what's cool is within the last 12 months, actually probably nine, I will have been on RIS Media event, Enman and Real Trends. I was on their stage for Gathering of the Eagles um, this year. So I, I mean, this year was really neat and cool. And oh, and I was on TV. <laughs> that happened, but it happened. I was on two TV shows on uh, one national, one local news stations, getting interviewed about the real estate market. I mean, what a year. This year's been crazy, but I'm so grateful. 
And um, that's that's been the benefit to me of, of doing these events. I love that. Yeah, the fear of public speaking is, I think, even more is is more powerful. Than, I think for people than the fear of death, right? I think that's that's the that's what they say. But you've obviously figured that out. You're fantastic on stage. I got the I got the privilege of working with you on an imminent event. I think it was Katie Kosif and you uh, running back and forth on some of those stages. And it's really it's it's just fun to watch the preparation you guys put into it, uh, and it really shows. So congratulations on all of that. That's awesome. I need to congratulate you on something else you've done. You, you built this wonderful Remax operation in Tampa, uh, and then you decided to bring in a managing broker. You're still the owner, but you're running a team. Let's talk about that. That's that's a very interesting transition. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. So I've had my the Remax Capital Realty, my brokerage, since 2014, and we've expanded and contracted. We've done all of that, and started to have kind of like a steady flow. And, you know, I realized, and well, in the background, my husband really kept saying, I want to start a team. I want to start a team. And for years, for years and years and years. And I was telling him, nope, nope, nope. That's not my, my personality. That's not who I want to be. That's not, you know, the identity that I identify with. And so I just kept saying no. And so finally, again, I think as a result of all these events that I attend and all the people that I've met, realizing that, you know, I've learned a lot. And in some ways, having a being a broker and having a brokerage was holding me back a little bit from some of my growth potential. And because a brokerage is not the perfect model for all things, just like being an independent agent is not the perfect model for all things, or a team is not the perfect model for all things. They're a great model for the things that they're great for, right? And so I realized that I could help more people in my local market if I started a team. And what did that mean? So I found I also had a passion for a couple of things that would be better served in a team environment as opposed to a brokerage environment, which was marketing, lead generation, um, leadership of, you know, for from a perspective of like really training and educating agents from the start. And so around being a Remax, we typically cater to experienced agents who have a strong book of business, who have certain needs and wants. And so the Remax brand doesn't, or in the past, did not cater to like a new licensee, for example. It wasn't the easiest environment to grow up in. Um, And so to me, a team became an opportunity for me to help two groups of people. One group is that new licensee who's, you know, they're just trying to figure out how to sell a house, much less they don't have the the wherewithal or the knowledge necessarily to go out and generate business, which is the number one activity of a real estate professional, but it's the most difficult activity of a real estate professional. And so, you know, they're still learning. So they have no idea. Um, So the team, my team serves that community as one of our communities. The second community my team serves is that agent whose sphere of influence isn't large enough to cater to the lifestyle that they want to have. So because of that, we lead generate and, you know, provide opportunities for them to talk to more people to close more business. You know, I always tell people there's two groups of people, people you know and people you don't know, which one's bigger, you know, obviously the people you don't know. And then I always ask, so which one should you be talking to? You know, which one should you be prospecting? And everyone always picks a side. And the answer is both. We need to be talking to people we know, but we also need to be talking to the people we don't know. And if you, 
in order to have a healthy pipeline, a healthy supply line of business and opportunities, you have to constantly be nurturing the people you know, but you also have to be growing that list of people that don't know you yet. And so um, my team has specialized in providing that level of service and that type of opportunity. And, um, you know, it's a very much a done for you, not by you model, meaning we do a bunch of stuff for the agent. So they don't have to, they don't have to think about it. And they can focus on the core tasks that they usually enjoy, which is talking to people, you know, having those face-to-face meetings, showing houses, negotiating contracts, listing homes, and then going to closings and collecting a check. So we try to take care of everything else. (laughs) That's a very unique uh, opportunity. And I I wonder if, if, do you have other broker owners from around the country talking to you when they find out what you're doing, thinking, wow, that's, 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 you're, you're singing my song. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, In fact, I've asked, I've been asked by a few of them to coach them. And in the past, like 2022, I'm like, I have this model, I call it learn, test, teach, right? So I go learn something, I test it, then I'm happy to teach it. And so to me, 2021 and 2022, I've been in the lab learning and testing. Um, And I think 2023, I'll be ready to start teaching again and sharing what I've learned and coaching other other broker owners and how to, to do what I do. I mean, I'm really proud of us. 2022 was our very first full year as a team because I started it midway through in 2021. It was just a dream and a hope and a, a vision, nothing on paper. Um, so we spent the last year and a half putting everything on paper, building it out, hiring the right staff. And I mean, we sold over 100 homes without me selling a home. Like my team did it. So there's no rainmaker in me. Like I didn't sell 60 of the 100 homes. And that's how most teams start out. They don't. Yeah. And it was one of the reasons why I was afraid to start a team because I thought I'd have to go back into production. And that was like my number one rules. Like I'm personally not going back into production. My role is in these, these, you know, sales and marketing, but from an office perspective, from a back end perspective, you know, and my husband is operations, you know, so it was really important to both of us that we not have to be pulled back into production in order to create a team, right? Which is the whole point is leverage. So what we were able to do was hire on or, you know, I promoted actually from within my company, a managing broker, um, Shad Boucher, shout out to him. And he's, um, you know, working with our independent agents. So we still have the brokerage with independent agents in it and other teams. And so he's leading them. And then, you know, my husband and I have been able to stay, you know, more focused and I'm building up the team and building its structures and things like that. And so, um, yeah, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of what we've built. And, you know, like I said, the number one thing was leverage and, you know, I'm pretty much leveraged out of the brokerage, you know, Shad does a great job there. And, um, and then on our team, I get to focus on the things I enjoy and that I'm good at, which is the leadership the sales and marketing, the techie stuff, and you know, yeah. making those decisions and spending money. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned you were a techie earlier, so yeah. I'll put you on the spot. Is there something? There's a whole bunch of stuff out there. We know that. Is there something new? Something you know, you're kind of you you've it's caught your attention that you're kind of fired up about? Interesting. What's a new tech thing that I'm fired up about? Hmm. One of the cool things that, um, so, oh my God, I, I, let me just say this. I don't know that there's just one. Okay. So let me give you 
like a short list. <laughs> okay. So number one, on a team in perspective or from a team perspective, Slack. That's mm. not new, but it is an awesome tech tool. I mean, it streamlines communication, it yeah. stores information. And I, I bring it up because I didn't know what tech or Slack was, I don't know, 12 months ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I didn't even know it existed or what it did. Maybe I'd heard about it 18 months ago, but I just, you know, people would talk about it. It's like, I don't know what that is. I, I don't, you know, but now having introduced it into our business, I think that it's been really great tool to streamline for our agents um, and our communications. Um, another tech tool that I think is super important. We also have an app, our own app that we had custom built. And what's great about it is because it's custom and it's literally branded to us with our brand colors, our brand logos, things like mm. that. We also, it's like a legit app that's on the Apple Play Store and the or the Google Play Store and the Apple Store um, that people can download and we can do push notifications. So it's like a lead generation tool in addition to it being a place that we can, you know, steer our customers and clients to that stream again streamlines communication between the agent and the customer pre purchase right with with search idx the whole nine yards in that thing All right yeah yeah that's great it's super awesome. um easy to use they've got a chat feature in there i mean nice. it's just really i mean my agents love it on the team like it's been a total game changer and then i would say if i had one other tool that, you know, I, from a tech perspective that I think is super, so this is again, another one that's not new, but super relevant is just having a really good, strong CRM. <laughs> I know that sounds really silly and dumb, but I'm telling you, I'm shocked all the time by how many agents don't use it, like, or don't have one and don't use one. Like it's pretty common on teams. But for a lot of independent agents, they're just not investing the time and the energy into that. And it just makes me sad. And I'm like, I can't even imagine how much business they're losing right. by not investing in a CRM. It's, it's a lot of work up front. I mean, and it's a, it's, it can be overwhelming, right, for a person maybe that, that's not so techie. But they're the person who needs it more than anybody else, right? They yeah. just got to push through the pain of the first, I don't know, month. And then all of a sudden it becomes a habit and everything's working and it's just so oh, naturally. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. And it saves so much time. I mean, yeah. I can't even tell you all the hours I saved. Yes, I, you're 100% right. On the front end, I spent a whole weekend actually, yeah. um, like just you know all day long, plugging in, building it, creating yeah. you know the action plans and the templates and all the things and you know reviewing the you know, my, my tool comes with content. So it was like going through that and, you know, customizing content. So I spent quite a bit of time doing that, but on the front end, but you're right. Once that's all kind of set up, it's been a total game changer to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kendall, I'm coming up against the clock. I, I got a very specific amount of time from you and I'm going to ask you the final question I've asked every guest. And that's what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started? That's a great question. So for any new agent getting started, I would highly recommend joining a team. And I know that, and it's not self-serving because the likelihood you'll be in Tampa to join my team is probably not very high if you're listening to this podcast anywhere in the world. But, um, you know, I say that because if you join the right team, 
And when I, when I define right team, I mean, this is a team with a team leader who's plugged in and dialed in, a team leader who is properly staffed, right? Meaning they have staff and they're not expecting you to be your own staff. I think a good, strong team has staff, um, employees on their roster. And I also think, and, and usually that's so that they can be leveraged enough to have time to train you. That's why that's important. You know, I'm not saying like, oh, if they don't have staff, they're not a good team. I'm just saying if they don't have staff, they probably don't have the time to train you because they're so busy. And then, you know, and that they have a fully fleshed out training program, right? Like where there's a system that they can show you like, hey, it's not just follow me around and listen to what I say, although that is a great opportunity. But the reality of that I've seen in the marketplace is very rare, meaning most people have that aspiration and that goal, but very hard to enforce or to implement. So it's better if they have a fully fleshed out onboarding and training program to make sure that you get the knowledge that you need, because we all know the knowledge that you gain from licensing is not really real estate knowledge at all. (laughs) You know, um, it's not going to take you past the test. It's just going to get you through your state licensing um, protocols. And then after that, you're on your own. And then I would also say that um, it's important to find an organization that they're invested in helping you succeed. So if they don't seem equally invested in you as you will be in them, that might be a red flag that that might not be the best fit for you as a new licensee, because you're going to need a ton of support. So you want someone that's going to be invested in you. So that would that would be my advice to someone brand new getting into real estate starting out is find a good team, a strong team leader who is going to support you and grow you and um, help you achieve uh, what you aspire to achieve. Kendall, if someone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Oh, yeah. Go to our website. There's a lot of good stuff on our website. And that is besttampareallestateagents.com. You can also go to kendallbonner.com. And that's N-N-E-R, two N's, kendallbonner.com. And tons of resources there. That's my link tree. That'll take you to the website also, but uh, help you connect with me socially. And also there's literally a contact us. There's a send a referral button as well. If you have a referral for someone looking to buy or sell real estate in Tampa, we'd be happy to deliver a VIP five-star real estate experience to them and to you as a referring agent. So thank you. Kendall, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for the time. I know we we had it scheduled earlier this year and then things happened. It's, well, <laughs> I think that's just the way life goes, but I'm so glad we got this in and, and I'm very proud for this to be uh, the first episode of 2023. So thank wow. you so much. And I hope I see you soon. It'll probably be out of Tampa, like in New York or Vegas. But. <laughs> I know. I say that all the time. I have to leave the yeah. state to see my friends, you know, even my local friends. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you as well. Thank you for your patience and getting this done with me. I truly appreciate you and this opportunity to share my story. And uh, it's been fun. So thanks. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to the Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. (laughs) 